0: Again we are glad you're here today and uh, as we celebrate Mother's Day I just want to just encourage you today as I was praying over the last few weeks just kind of preparing for today and really thinking about God what do you want to say Lord not only to our moms but to our congregation on Mother's Day and the Lord really just kept reiterating the probably the most famous scripture that we hear when it comes to moms right honor your father and your mother that it may be well with you. And then the scripture also says, give honor to whom honor is due. And I just really felt like the Lord said he wanted to do something really special today in the sense that he wanted to place really uh, just honor on all of our ladies that are here today. And he wanted every woman to walk out of this building today encouraged in their heart, seeing themselves, their, their worth, their value, and their significance through the eyes of heaven. Amen? And I realized this morning as we kind of think about Mother's Day, Mother's Day is kind of like every other holiday, depending upon uh, your past, depending upon even your current circumstances. Sometimes holidays are full of joy and great enthusiasm and great excitement, and sometimes holidays are full of sorrow and setbacks, and sometimes they're a reminder of maybe the things that we have lost. My sister and I, our mom passed away 15 years ago. This past week was actually the anniversary of her passing and she went home to be with the Lord and, and Teresa texted me, I guess Monday, and said, when is this going to get easier? You know, because uh, Mother's Day comes up and you realize your mom's not here anymore and sometimes it brings sorrow and sadness into your heart. And so I realize that all of us interpret life through different filters, right? Through the filter of our experience, the filter of our circumstance. And as I was praying about that, uh, the Lord led me. I found a great video I want to share with you this morning that I believe really speaks to the multifacet filters of Mother's Day. And, and it does an amazing job of bringing us back to a central theme and a central hope, and that is simply this. No matter what your filter is, No matter what you feel on Mother's Day, whether it's good or whether it's bad, whether it's sorrow, whether it's joy, at the end of the day, there is hope in Jesus, amen? And He is our strength, and He is our courage, and He is our life. So let's watch this together.
1: Let me start by saying I believe mothers should be respected love, honored, and cherished, most certainly, they should be protected. Webster tells us that a mother is a female parent, one who gives birth. But for those of us with a good mom, we know of her even greater worth. She was the one who was always there, knowing just the right time to say yes. Though hated then, we see now that even her no's were meant for our best. In times of hurt, her words captivated our hearts, working what some would call her mommy magic. We see now that it was just grace and love as she helped us through times so tragic. But before we get swept away in a world of fairy tales and myths, we give pause realizing that Mother's Day for all is not a day of joy and bliss. For some people, the thought of Mother's Day causes them to mourn. For this day is one of great pain and suffering, a day where their heart is torn, divorced, abused, abandoned, words that have left many moms feeling alone, as they never settled into their role, trying instead to protect the children in their home. And what about the pain endured by those who could never have a baby, leading them to believe that God's love is at best a baby. For all you young ladies who long for the great treasure of a new birth, may I speak life into your heart. It is your heart, not your womb. That is the measure of your true worth. The emptiness you feel right now because there is no life within your womb, can only be filled by the gospel, not a child, a job, or even a faithful, loving groom. And others of you may be struggling from the fact that you bought the world's distortion. The pain you feel today is rooted in yesterday's abortion. Before we go any further, allow me to speak life where death may reign. Jesus' blood is sufficient to cleanse even the darkest sin stain and to heal the deepest soul's pain. Draw from your past, but don't live there, for to do so will turn your heart to stone. But look to the love of Jesus, a love that on an old rugged cross for the world was shown. On that cross, Jesus commissioned his earthly mom with a very exciting task, one that would change her world and another's. What was it, you ask? Behold, your son, Mary, he spoke concerning the disciple for whom he had a special love, an adoption at a funeral, something so beautiful it could have only been written from above. For all the moms who gained the status not in a hospital but rather in a court of law, we praise God that through adoption you too answered the motherhood call. And finally for those whose moms are no longer on this earth inside. we pray that today we'll find you cherishing the moments and mothers given to you by God. Moms, we stand in your honor today. We thank you for all that you've done. May you continue to mom well until you can no longer see the sun. S-U-N, you know the ball of fire that hangs in the sky. May the S-O-N reignite your passion. May you pass it on before you die. May all the hurts and the joys and the pains of your story simply just not be wasted. But may they from your memory be cut and on your children's heart be pasted. Happy Mother's Day, moms. We truly value all your tendencies and yes, even your little quirks. But most of all, we thank you for modeling for us the truth that love truly works. Amen. Amen.
0: So today I want to talk to you about the mantle of motherhood. And the fact that God, I believe, has released a mantle over the heart of every mom and every lady here today. And every woman present in the earth to be able to do something so significant and so powerful that our minds really ever, I believe our minds rarely ever begin to fathom the fullness of what God can do through the heart and through the life of a mom. Amen. So Judges chapter 4 is the story of Deborah. Deborah was an amazing woman in scripture. She was uh, without a doubt a leader among leaders and her life was influential and powerful. Judges 4 verse 4 says this, Deborah the wife of doth, was a prophet. She was a prophet who was judging Israel at that time. She would sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim and the Israelites would go to her for judgment. One day she sent for Barak son of Abinom who lived in Kadesh in the land of Nephila and she said to him, this is what the Lord the God of Israel commands you Call out 10,000 warriors from the tribes of Nephila and Zebulun at Mount Tabar. And I will call out Sisera, commander of Jabin's army, along with his chariots and his warriors, to the Kishon River. And there I will give you victory over him. And Barak told her, I will go, but only if you go with me. Very well, she replied, I will go with you, but you will receive no honor in this venture, for the Lord's victory over Sisera will be at the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kaddish. And the next verse, chapter 5, verse 7, says, And village life ceased, it ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose, arose a mother in Israel. Let's look at the first point on your outline. I want you to see today that the mantle of motherhood is a prophetic mantle. The Bible says that Deborah was a prophet. That she was a prophet of God and that she was a judge in Israel. She was a very influential woman in her culture. And especially in a time when women were not valued with the worth and dignity that we know that God created and intended every woman to have. But the Bible teaches us that Deborah was not only a prophet, but she was a powerful voice that literally transitioned and changed a nation. Her voice became a voice of righteousness that transformed a nation, a culture, and literally brought reformation back to the nation of Israel. And as I was praying, the Lord really quickened this scripture to me, and he said, Keith, He said there is a mantle of motherhood on every woman, and that she is called, it is a prophetic mantle. What does it mean to have a prophetic mantle? Well, first of all, you might say, well, Pastor Keith, what's a mantle? Well, a mantle literally is just a cloak. Many times that they would wear, they would wrap around themselves, but it represented something. The mantle represented authority, and it represented, it represented responsibility, and it represented authority. And there would be a passing of mantles. If you remember the story of Elijah and Elisha, right? Elijah dropped his mantle and Elisha picked up his mantle and he smote the Jordan River and it parted and he walked through on dry land. And they said, the mantle of Elijah is now on Elisha. That mantle represented his, not only his responsibility, but it also represented the authority that God had given him. And Elisha asked for a double portion if you remember the story he prayed that he would get a double portion of his spirit and if you read the Bible you find out that Elijah performed seven miracles Elisha performed 14 miracles he got exactly what he asked for it all affect the way we pray amen he got exactly what he asked for but this is what I want you to see when a mantle is transferred from one generation to the next generation when we fully embrace the mantle of God it increases in authority It increases in authority. How many of you understand that God wants your children to walk in a greater level of intimacy and authority with him than you did? Right? That ought to be the fruit of our lives. The fruit of my life should be that my children and my grandchildren should be catapulted further into the things of God because of the mantle of the Holy Spirit that has been passed on to them from from my life and from Kelly's life. The Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy, it says the secret things belong to the Lord, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children, right? Because once you get a revelation from God, once you begin to walk in something, what was one time foreign and uncommon to you becomes very normal and common to your children, right? Because it was a brand new revelation for them, but they grew up in your home where that reality was just a part of how we lived our Christian lives. And so what God reveals is not only for you, but it's for your children. And when you pass a mantle from one generation to another generation, that mantle increases with authority. That is the intent of the mantle, that it would go further and further and be be enlarged from one generation to another. And so the Holy Spirit really quickened in my heart. He said, Keith, he said, the mantle that was upon Deborah is upon all women. And it's a mantle of motherhood. It is a prophetic mantle. In the story that we just read, we read that Deborah called Barak out. He was the captain of the army of Israel. And for 20 years, they had lived in oppression. They had lived under the oppression of their enemies for 20 years. And you know what? You know what Deborah did? Deborah called him out. And not only did she call him out, she called him up into the place that God had ordained for him to be. See, a prophetic mantle is the ability to declare and decree the word of God over your family. Now, how many of you realize today, all you moms, how many of you know this, moms? You see stuff in your kids nobody else sees. Right? You see the greatness. You see the potential. You see their heart, you see their compassion, you see their gifts, you see their talents. Other people look at your kids and they see an ordinary person. You look at your kids and you see an extraordinary person. Many times the world will look at your children and your family and they'll downplay their significance. But you look at your children and you see the greatness of God that's locked on the inside of them. I want you to understand it is that insight It is that understanding, it is that perception that God gives you as a mom that is intended to be released as a prophetic mantle over your life. God wants you as a mom to declare and decree who God says your kids are. To declare and decree who your family is. Right? You have an opportunity to declare and decree the word of God over your children. and that's exactly what Deborah did. Deborah called Barack out. She called him up into a place of his full potential. If she had not stepped on the scene, if it had not have been for the Mother of Israel, they would have probably lived another 20 years in oppression. How many know your moms have a way of calling you out, right? They can call you out on your stuff, right? And what are you going to do? You're just going to get mad at mom, then you've got to get over it, right? Because she's mom, right? That's what happens, right? Mom calls you out. You shouldn't be doing that. And then she calls you out on these things that are going on in your life. And you get mad and you puff up. But at the end of the day, what are you going to do? That's mom, right? Nobody's loved you like she's loved you. Nobody's cared for you like she's cared for you. Nobody's stood by you like she's stood by you. And at the end of the day, mom can call you out. But mom can also call you up. She can call you up into your potential. She can call you up into those things that she has seen in your heart. Things that you didn't even realize were there. I shared with you earlier, uh, Teresa and I lost our mom uh, 15 years ago. But I remember my mom growing up, what an awesome woman she was. and, And she always saw our best potential. She always saw the greatness of God in us. And she encouraged us and she challenged us and she prodded us and she pushed us to do things and try things and experience things and go beyond what we thought we were capable of doing because God was in us and you can do this. Man, that's the power of the prophetic mantle. Now here's the challenge. The challenge is, as is, is moms and dads, as we are, we are intimately and emotionally uh, connected and engaged in our families, here's the challenge. If we're not careful, we will get so sucked in to the struggle of our family. How I many you know every family has struggle? Every family has struggle. Every family has struggle. And if we're not careful, we'll get so sucked into the struggle of our family that all we can see is what's wrong. And we stop seeing the greatness of God. We stop seeing the potential. We stop seeing the capabilities. We stop seeing the compassionate heart. We stop seeing the the giftings and the callings of the Lord. And all we see is the struggle. And all we see is they didn't clean their room and they didn't get this done. And they didn't follow through on what they said. And they're struggling here and they're going to fail this. And and what am I going to do? And all of a sudden, if we're not careful, we'll get sucked into the struggle to the point that we lose our vision. And when you lose your vision, you lose your prophetic utterance. Because you can only prophesy what you see. Prophets were called seers, not hearers. Prophets were called seers, not hearers. Why? Because you can only prophesy what you see. And I promise you, every mom in here, when you held that little baby in your arms, you saw the greatness of God. You saw the beauty of the Lord. You saw the potential. When they were two years old and three years old and five years old and they were going to kindergarten, they were the smartest kid on the planet. And you knew it. But the challenge is, as they grow older and life happens, and they become teenagers and young adults and young married adults and maybe even older married adults, and maybe you've got grandkids and great-grandkids in here today, the reality is that sometimes the struggle of life causes us to lose our vision. And instead of being a prophetic voice, we become a critical spirit that just begins to undermine and point out all the flaws and the failures of our children. Now, don't get me wrong. We need correction and we need direction and we need instruction. We all need that. We never outgrow that. But at the same time, have you understand that motherhood, ladies, motherhood is not just about being the greatest voice of correction. It's about being the greatest prophetic voice that your children ever hear. You can declare and decree. Psalms chapter 2, just a great little nugget here in Scripture. This is a, this is a prophetic psalm. about Christ, and, and David is writing. He says, and I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me. You are my son today. I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. David said, I will declare the decree that you've said to me. David said, I'm going to declare the decree. He was, spot, he was prophesying of Jesus The one that was to come that could ask for the nations and God would give it to him. I want you to understand. I want to encourage you today as moms. Declare the decree of God over your children. Declare the decree of God over your kids. Yes, correct them and yes, discipline them. And yes, love them enough to do the hard things. But make sure that you embrace the prophetic mantle of God. How many know life and death in the power of the tongue? And you have the potential through your words as a prophetic voice to not only shape their hearts, but their future. Amen. To shape their future as you prophesy through your prayers and through your words and through your love and through your life the decree of God, declaring and decreeing the word of God over your family. Let's look at our second thought. I want you to see this. Just a couple things this morning. Go on to that next little point. We'll skip that scripture the next bullet point. There we go. So every time, I want you to see this. Every time you strengthen, encourage, and comfort, you are prophesying. You are declaring and decreeing what God desires to do in the lives of people. Not just in your family, but in any person that you meet. But today as we talk about mothers and Mother's Day, let's just think about our families for a moment. Every time you strengthen, every time you encourage, every time you comfort, what are you doing? You are prophesying. Look at our scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Look what this says. And then we'll just come back to this slide if we can, ladies. It says, but the one who prophesies, what does he do when he prophesies? He strengthens others. He encourages them and he comforts them. What do we do when we prophesy? We strengthen others. We encourage them and we comfort them. So let me go back to that last point on your outline. So I want you to see this, Mom. Every time you strengthen your children, Every time you strengthen your family, every time you strengthen your husband, every time you strengthen the people around you, you know what you're doing? You're prophesying. When you speak words that give strength, how many of you understand words can weaken you? But words can strengthen you. Words can strengthen you. Right? I remember playing basketball growing up, and I remember those little, those little locker room pep talks the coaches would give you, you know, and you'd walk out of there ready to conquer the world. Why? Because words can give you strength. When you strengthen somebody through your words, you know what you're doing? You're prophesying. You're prophesying. When you tell them, you know what? You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. God is for you and not against you. All of a sudden, what are you doing? Mom, you're you're prophesying. You're strengthening the heart. And when you encourage, think about this. The power of encouragement. To encourage is to literally infuse courage in the hearts of people. We all know words can discourage. But words can encourage. I mean, think about your life. There have been so many times in your life when maybe you've been discouraged by a word, but there's also been many times in your life, if you honestly think about it, there have been encouraging words. And somebody said something really simple like this, I believe you can do it. Ain't that amazing? I believe you can do it. I believe in you. I love you. I got you back. We're going to figure this out. Little words. Little words that make a big difference. Why? Because the words have death and life. You have the potential, mom, to prophesy, to declare, not only to shape the heart, but to shape the future of your children and your family as you begin to declare the Word of God, as you begin to declare and decree what God says about them. Look at that last part, when we begin to comfort. Right? Comfort. How many know that that God desires us to be comforted? Why? Why? Because wounded hearts produce broken lives. God wants you to be comforted. The Bible actually calls God the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our trials and all of our tribulations. Why does God comfort us? Because God knows wounded hearts produces broken lives. And every time you comfort mom, and let me just say to you, moms have the market on comfort, right? I grew up, my dad, we call him Papa Larry now because he's Papa Larry instead of Daddy now. But anyway, my dad who's here today, man, an awesome dad, awesome father. But when I needed comfort, I did not go to him. (laughs) Right, I shared the story. I shared the story before. I I don't know how old I was, but I remember I got me and my neighbor got our first skateboard, and we were at his house. He had a concrete driveway, and we were riding our first skateboards, and I had a wreck and got a concussion. My mom was at work. My dad come home, I was seeing double and triple of everything. I never said a word. Because I knew if I'd have told him I had a wreck on my skateboard, he was going to whoop me. <laughs> I told you to be careful. Right? So I just sat there, I watched TV with like three and four screens up there watching TV, waiting on Mama to get home. Mama finally got home. I started crying, Mama, you know. And she, oh, baby. It was just wonderful. <laughs> Man, Mamas have a way to comfort. And you know what? When you comfort, you know what you're doing? You're prophesying. When you minister a word of comfort, you are prophesying the healing of God into the heart of your children. Because wounded hearts produce broken lives. Healed hearts produce healthy lives. We want healthy lives, right? In order to have a healthy life, we've got to have a healed heart. How do we get healing? The prophetic word of comfort that just comforts us in our sorrows and in our trials. There's something powerful about a mama just saying, baby, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. It brings comfort and affirmation into the heart of that child that gives them strength to press on and overcome. Amen? Let's Let's look at the next thought on your outline. I want you to see this. We're going to jump on down to that next point your life your love and your words create life and they bring order to the chaos as a mom your life your love and your words create life and they bring order to the chaos how many know life gets chaotic Man, life gets really really chaotic and, and let's look at this scripture. Let's look at the next scripture there. It's, uh, it's Judges 5 verse 7. We read it earlier. The Bible says, Village life ceased. It ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose a mother in Israel. When you back up and read the context of that verse, you find out that the whole nation of Israel, because of the oppression of their enemies for 20 years, they had been disbanded and dispersed. Everybody was hiding in rocks and hiding under trees and everybody had scattered. The nation of Israel had scattered. And the Bible says, Village life had ceased until Mama Deborah arose. And when Mama arose, you know what happened? All of a sudden, community, camaraderie, camaraderie, and unity began to happen again. The Lord spoke to me. I was praying this morning. The Lord spoke to me as I was studying. He said, Keith, do you realize that fathers are senders? Fathers take great joy in releasing and sending their kids, right? Right? My oldest daughter, Jessica, got married seven months ago. Samantha's getting married this Friday, and I'm excited. It's a joy. It's an honor. I love my baby girls more than anything on the planet. But to see them step into a brand new season of their life, to see them walk out what God has for them, that excites me as a dad. And I I am excited about releasing my children into the future that God has. Kelly, not so much. (laughs) Right? Right? This is what the Lord said to me this morning. He said, said, key fathers are releasers. Mothers are gatherers. Dads will send you out. Call me when you get a chance. (laughs) Mom will say, you better call me. Right? You better call me. You don't call me. I'm coming. Right? I'm going to show up at your house. You better call. Right? Why? Because mamas are gatherers. Village life had ceased until there arose a mother in Israel. It had ceased. There was no community. There was no camaraderie. There was no unity. There was no family. But here comes mama. And mama started gathering everybody back together. I want to tell you today as a mom, you have a special anointing. You have a special anointing to create unity camaraderie, right? Mama's not happy until everybody's happy, right? The kid's getting an argument. Dad says, oh, they'll get over it. Mama says, they're going to get over it now. <laughs> I ain't going to bed till they're over it, right? Why? Because there's something, there's an anointing. There is an anointing on you as a mom to gather, to pull together, to unite, Not just the family, but literally people in general and the people of God. That is a a motherly anointing. That is the mantle of motherhood to prophesy and to gather through that prophetic voice, the family together. Amen? Let Let me give you one last thought and we're going to watch a closing video together. You are more, and I put that in capital letters there. You are more than you think you are. You're awesome. The scripture says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're more than you think you are. The reality is this most moms don't see their potential. Most moms don't see their greatness. Most moms don't feel like their lives really even matter. We compare ourselves with other people, with other things. We look at everything else out there in the world, ladies. And you think, man, I'm not good enough. I don't measure up. I'm not this and I'm not that. I want you to understand you are more than you think you are. You are more than you think you are. You are a prophetic voice. You are an anointed gatherer. You are a world changer. The old saying, the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. is so true. Because the influence of mama is so significant and has such power and such potential to change the hearts and lives of not just their children, but generations. Let's watch this little video together as we prepare to close. I'm a perfectionist, and so that's hard with kids. Uh, There's definitely days when I have my doubts about my abilities. I struggle with my temper. I struggle with like how I react with situations. I wish I knew how to,
1: I guess, just calm myself before speaking to them. I wish I was better at taking time to sit down and just listen more to my child. I wish I was more confident in being a mom. I'm not the most patient person in the
0: world. Patience. Patience is far and away probably the biggest struggle. I just want them to know just how much I love them.
1: My mom is totally awesome. She's fun to snuggle with. Pretty, funny. She does cook a lot of food for me. She's just unique. That's why I love her so much. We go on dates together. Like, we go shopping. She loves me a lot. I have a lot of favorite things about my mom. We like to watch movies together and color and stuff. We go to church together, we volunteer together. She is like my heart, I guess you could say, because she's that close to me. My favorite thing is to jump on a trampoline with my mom. That's my most favorite thing, to go up high. We like get ice cream or something. And like, you go to the nail salon and have fun. (laughs) My mommy's my hero. She's pretty and beautiful. She is my hero. She just will care about me and just always love me forever. She's the best. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> I always seem to focus mostly on the negative, and I guess I can walk out of here and say that. I'm doing something great, and that my child is viewing me in totally different lenses as I view myself. So that's that's inspiring.
0: This is my calling. This is my job. This is what I love to do, and I will do it better and with love each and every day because those kids count on me, and they love me for what I'm doing. ask all of our moms if you would just to stand up and if you've got family or friends around you if you want to just reach out and grab their hand or just put your hand on their shoulder or their back you just go right ahead we want to just close today's service with a prayer blessing moms you are more than you think you are amen and your life makes a huge huge difference And on behalf of uh, a son, I want to say thank you. Thank you for being who you are. Because it does matter. Let's pray together. Father, we just bless these moms. And I pray today they would leave here today with their hearts so full. Full of the value and the worth that their life brings. To our world every day May they be encouraged And may they be strengthened And Lord may they be comforted May their hearts be healed Of any lie or whisper or accusation That the enemy has spoken over them And may the truth of Jesus Christ Today resonate louder and deeper And stronger than any other voice They've ever heard And may they hear the whisper Of their children Say, my mom's my hero. And may they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they are greatly loved. Bless them. And Father, I pray today that the mantle of motherhood would rest mightily upon their lives. And every day as they walk out what you've put in, it would bring you glory. Bless them today, Father, in Jesus' name, amen.